Welcome to the NBA Coast to Coast Podcast, brought to you by thelines.com. Nate and Josh coming here with one more episode before the All-Star break, and then we will have an All-Star weekend episode, as we have done now for roughly, I think, three, at least three years going on, four now, with these All-Star game and weekend bets. Will I bet another under in the All-Star total? We'll find out, but definitely uh, like and subscribe to that page so you can continue to follow along with us as we come right back after this All-Star break is done as well. Also, want you to head to thelines.com and keep following everything we're putting up on the site, including that prop finder tool that we have up there to make sure you're getting the best juice available on all these bets that you're making in the NBA this season. Nate, let's get right into your first best bet on this little three-game slate to close out the first half of the season. Yeah, Bucks at the Grizz here. Grizz will be on a home back-to-back, and I will take under 226.5 if the number stays around there. I mean, Milwaukee's defensive turnaround is just really notable. Um, They're they're also playing slower by design, it seems, to kind of fix some of that transition defense issue, and that's just, you know, what Doc Rivers brings to the table as an old-school coach. And so in nine under Doc, they're 8-1 to the under. They're playing a 97.5 pace. Last three in particular, when they've actually got when they got Patrick Beverly in there, um, and when they started to you know sort of fit with the system, one hundred three defensive rating. Uh, but the offense is is suffering on the other end. I don't know if it ever really was uh, great this year. You know, it's kind of Giannis making up for a lot of issues. Um, but you know, just one hundred nine points per game, seventeen and a half free throws in these last few. Giannis has not necessarily crushed Memphis. Uh, I mean, they used to have a lot more bulk down low than they do right now, but kind of institutionally, coaching-wise, they, they can limit him. Um, and, and Dame, you know, who knows what's going on with him? I mean, he admitted, like, there's just a lot going on in his head yeah. right now, a lot of distractions. He's in a slump. His last five road games, he's averaging 20, which is, you know, part what you're what you're talking about with the same game parlay here is, that's his floor still kind of, but it's a very inefficient 20. It's 104 offensive rating, and you know it's going to continue to be high volume because Chris Middleton's out, but yeah. I don't necessarily see. Basically, what I'm saying is I don't think Milwaukee's going to be the Milwaukee that scores 120-plus all the time, and you can count on the Grizzlies not scoring much more than 105 probably. I mean, that's they, they also do not play fast. They have not reached a 100 pace in 14 straight games, um, they're averaging 102 during that span. Uh, their defense pretty good, though. You know, top 10, three-point D, limiting second-chance points. Number two, forcing turnovers, which when you get Giannis and company into that kind of situation, where they're turning it over more often than he's getting to the line, then that offense gets a little clunky, and that's exactly what Memphis is going to try to do here, to clunk it up and uh, keep it relatively close and go into the all-star break, you know, this is this might as well be their Super Bowl. I mean, like, what else do they have to play for other than to to try to cover against Milwaukee um, with with all these G leaguers? Yeah, and I, I it's just going to be another weird night. I think Wednesday night was a bit weird in a lot of ways as well. Certain guys are already you know in Playa del Carmen or wherever they're vacationing here for the next week, uh, and, and so as a result, you know you're you're going to see some walkiness for sure. And and in this one, like I, I don't know that I like the Bucks are going to necessarily bring it i don't think they'll necessarily take a day off because they just lost pretty badly in their last game there uh to to the heat but at the same time like i would say the bucks not bringing it matters more on offense than it does on defense where i I do think that finally like doc rivers has instilled at least something of of a 
you know, get back on defense culture. Let's just call it that because at least they're not just giving up transition points and leaking them out. Not that Memphis would take advantage of that anyway. Uh, Houston had to play horribly tonight to give up close to 120 maybe at this point to, uh, to Memphis in their game. Memphis shot the lights out. Houston is as big of a train wreck right now, to be honest with you, as I would say that the Grizzlies are. And, and so that, that we don't put much stock in that, but I'll just finish up the point with my first best, best bet, because it is Dame's uh, 20 points with the same game parlay. I'm also considering throwing, like, I think you might be able to throw a uh, Brooke Lopez three pointer in there. It's probably going to be at one and a half uh, made threes for Brooke. And you know, he's taking just as many above the break threes as Dame is. And that's a big part of why I'm going into Dame. Uh, you know, you mentioned, uh, the, uh, by the way, I'm going to parlay that with not just the money line, the four and a half points for Milwaukee. I want to just take an alt spread and chop this thing down from the 10 it is and get it under five. So I can just feel good about the way that I do think Milwaukee's going to win. Like you said, back to back for, for Memphis. I don't know that they need to rest anybody. They don't have anybody that they're like, let's make sure this guy doesn't get hurt. Obviously other than triple J moving forward. Um, I, I, he's the only dude who's like for sure a part of their team moving forward. Uh, so I don't know that they're going to necessarily, I mean, I'm, it's not like they're going to, bring it or less or more they're always going to bring it the same amount these are these dudes are playing for spots in the nba more than they are playing to to win games at this point for memphis to to answer the question that you asked is like what are they playing for yeah nba contracts is what they're playing for and at the same time that like i said that that'll only increase the defense for those dudes who aren't good enough to necessarily score on this bucks team who is finally playing defense um but for the for the dame stuff it's like look do you think he's going to break out of the slump enough to score 20? Like you said, that's his floor. Uh, he had 18 the other night in like 20 minutes uh, in that blowout loss and uh, another uh, small amount of minutes in that in that blowout win that they had against the Nuggets where he, he scored 18 as well. So like, yeah, I, I think this is still right around where he should, even if he misses 10 to 15 shots and he's taking 18 to 20, we should be, you know, well, let's say 17 to 18 because of the slow pace of this game, but he should still be in line for the 20 points at that point. Yeah, exactly. It's the volume with Middleton out. You expect him to shoot enough, like even if he misses that 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 twenty points is a safe floor here. And Memphis's point guard defense, their defense at the point of attack is not nearly what it used to be. Um, so I mean, I think we'll have fun watching this game at least. Uh, Golden State at Utah to close things out. Golden State's going to be on a back to back, and we don't know if they are able to get get it done here against the Clippers as we record on Wednesday night. But I will still take them in a pick'em line, really, as it opens here at Utah. Utah is also going to be on a back-to-back, and Golden State has been far superior in terms of, you know, the quick turnaround. The, their last three back-to-backs, yes, they did lose two of them. Uh, overtime loss at Atlanta and a very close, exciting, high-scoring loss against the Kings, but then they smacked the Pacers, and I mean, what I'm just looking at is what Steph did in all three of those. Just absolutely in fuego, 42, 60, and 33 points on much better than 50% shooting. Uh, you know, hitting well over seven threes per game on insane volume. I think he had double digit threes in two of those. And he has continued that in normal rest situations in his last three leading into this Clippers game. Uh, talk about him in player props. Cause I'm kind of hoping that the Clippers who have historically find, found a way to slow him down, they cool him off. And then, you know, what happens when he has an off game comes immediately back and uh, Utah is not a team that cools him off his last two against them 29 a game six and a half threes at 45 percent and I mean I I didn't find the exact metrics on this but how often do the the Warriors lose when Steph hits six threes like not 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 very often these days Um, I mean with Draymond back anchoring the defense uh, they, they are a two-way team once again Steph's numbers have have spiked with Draymond back at at full swing here and Look, Utah, they sold off some of their depth, 
and now they're they're playing rookies. Keontae George, Taylor Hendricks enter the rotation. It's sort of like a repeat of what we saw last season with them, where they were looking really promising for a while, and then Danny in, in the front office was like, "Why? Why do we really want to make the play-in game? Like, what what are we even doing here? And like, let's just you know let it let it ride here." And I mean, whether so they had that promising stretch, and now they're just they're, they, their offense is not really um, keeping up with the fact that they're an atrocious defense. And uh, yeah, and I mean their last their their last few on the back to back, they have not been scoring at all. One twelve a game on the season, horrible assist to turnover ratio. They were in this situation with the Knicks when both teams were on a back to back. Very shorthanded Knicks team, very tired Knicks team, and still could not get the win. So uh, I'll take the Warriors regardless of what happens with the Clips here. Yeah, I'm with that. The the wonkiness that I would see in this game is like some of the the starters for the Dubs getting slightly fewer minutes. To answer your question, shout out Stat Muse, the Warriors record in his career when he makes six threes or more is 164 and 49. It's a very good winning percentage. Their winning percentage this year, it's actually, I knew that it was bad, worse than normal. It's 13 and seven, still well above 500, but I knew it was worse because he's got what? He's got a 50 point game and a 60 point game that they lost both of them this yeah. season. Um, and one of those was without Draymond. So like, yeah, he was just, it, it, the shots are going to be there, man. He, what he shoot 38 times in that Atlanta game that they lost on the back to back. Yeah. The field goal attempts are going to be there. Um, but what a great stat that if he makes six or more threes, they're basically like, they have 115 more wins than when he does not, you know, <laughs> then they do losses in that standpoint. So uh, yeah, there's gotta be some correlation between a man having 18 points from three alone and their, his team winning. But uh, let me close it out. And, and I'll be the one to talk about the Portland Trailblazers versus the Minnesota Timberwolves. I'll bite that bullet here uh, and just say that I do think that the, the the total for the game here goes over 214 and a half. I think that probably bumps up to like 215 and a half at the least by the time people see this tomorrow, but not much above 216 as the ceiling where I would see even if people want to bet this up like I'm talking about here because – uh, you know, look, we just saw this happen, but really, let's just start with the fact that the way that the wonkiness affects this game is, do you think the Minnesota Timberwolves are going to try again on defense against these Portland Trailblazers? Do you think they tried last time? I don't. Um, and we really just need Portland to get like a buck oh five, and we should be able to get the two the, the 215, right? Like, I can't see the Timberwolves not caring that much that they just let it go. Now, Ant is questionable. You don't really need to play him. It would seem like if you don't want to, uh, if you're if you're Chris Finch. But at the same time, like you, you want to make sure you get this W. And even if he doesn't play, you know, Cat increases his output at that point. Maybe we get some Jordan McLaughlin in there as well. But more importantly, like for for the over in this game, I mean, let's just start with Portland. They've they kind of had a stretch of like being okay on defense and and scoring really low scoring games. And I still don't expect them to score a ton of points here. But Malcolm Brogdon's out, and as much as that means they don't score without him, it also means they give up a lot more without him. They have 124.5 defensive rating when he's not in games versus the 117 that they have in the games that he plays in. So they're a bad defensive team, however you cut it, but definitely in that as well. Um, for Minnesota, they've hit this uh, number at least on the road in four straight roadies, five of their last six on the road as well that they've gone over this number. Um, and like I said, can't see them caring enough. Portland's D's all the way down at 29th now on the season, 21st in the last five and 10 games uh, and then the for them it's gone this number has gone over in eight of their last 10 games uh, that's because in part they're dead last in limiting offensive rebounds to their t uh, to the opponent so that does mean that guys like cat rudy even mcdaniels you know they're going to be attacking those boards pretty consistently and then the fouls for both teams i do think we're going to see a bit of foul sh uh, shooting that uh, similar to what we saw last game especially for the the timberwolves here uh the the portland Blazers have the seventh highest uh, opponent free throw attempt rate minnesota is fifth in their offensive 
free throw attempt rate and in their last five games and six on the season as well. So it's something they do all year is attack the rim, very high rim frequency and, and field goal percentage when they get to the rim. They're also hitting a ton of corner threes uh, where they're really finding guys for, for that shot because of really honestly because of the lack of three-point shooting from further away when they get above the break is outside of Ant. And this, and honestly, over the last couple of weeks, Mike Conley as well has been good from above the break, but they're definitely finding guys in the corner to try to, you know, once Ant drives or you get Rudy down low, Cat down low, and then you find those kickouts uh, as well when they've been getting doubled. So with the way that the, uh, the Minnesota Timberwolves are shooting that ball really well from the corner, the uh, Portland Trailblazers defense does not rotate well enough to get around to stuff like that. So yeah, yeah, the free throws will be there. I think the threes will be there for Minnesota more than you might expect. This should be about a 220 total. Yeah, I mean, it, it hit last time. People were pointing out that this is a pretty low total, um, you know, for any NBA game. And you can't just expect the Wolves to put the clamps on uh, multiple games in a row. I mean, it's a maturity thing with this team. Like, they're, they're three main guys. I would not characterize any of them as mature. Uh, and when, when they get the huge win against the Clippers and they hold them to 100 and then they're smelling themselves, it's like you expect a letdown. Yeah, they did give up 109 to a Blazers team that doesn't have a ton of weaponry, and we'll see what happens in the very same matchup. It's that weird home-and-home situation, but if you get up 109 again, yeah, this game's going over. Um, You know, Ant had 40 last time, so I I would expect that to kind of even out with a little more cat. Or, or someone else, but, you know, anyone can, can score on the Blazers, and, um, yeah, it, I think the Wolves should be able to hold up their end of the bargain there. Nate, let's go ahead and get into your first play a prop here for Thursday. Yeah, I'll take a SGP here with Steph to get 25 points and four threes. That's, that's definitely a conservative parlay here. Uh, we don't know what the odds will be yet because they are in progress at the Clippers. I'm hoping the Clippers do a good job of limiting Steph, which they have past few seasons uh, Ty Lu throwing the kitchen sink at him and then maybe you get a little more value here at Utah which will also be on a back-to-back and Utah is just a, a terrible defense that sold off some parts and is now you know kind of just just playing out the string and you know not as competitive as they were a couple weeks ago we just saw the Warriors lay the smackdown on them um, and, and Steph have a nice game he's now averaging 29 with six and a half threes in his last two against Utah his last three on a back-to-back have just been absolutely insane. I, I mentioned this, uh, 45 points per game. He's hit 31 threes on 53 attempts. Like, it, it, I mean, and he's got to go right from this uh, on Saturday night to uh, the three-point contest, right, against Sabrina Ionescu, <laughs> uh, for whatever that's worth. But, I mean, I like targeting these three-point shooters when they have so many games in a row, as you see with Steph, like the basket seems bigger on a back-to-back. Like he is play, he plays the game at a different speed than everybody else. He is more fit than you. He is willing to run around. And then on top of that, he is warmed up from the previous night and he can just absolutely scorch. I mean, his last three in general, he's shooting 56% from three, he's shooting better from three than from two. And, you know, a lot of that has to do with Draymond getting back to hit the, the height of his powers, right? Now you look at the entire sample on the road with Dre this season, 30 points per game, five five and a half threes at 45% versus 21 points per game and only 32% when Dre was out for road games earlier this season. Yeah, the Warriors are back. Steph, Steph and Dre have their thing going. So uh, parlay them however, however you please. I like it, uh, I'm, but I'm also just kind of like piggybacking off of some of the thought process. Well, not really because you're talking mostly about Steph 
doing super well in these back-to-backs and also just crushing Utah. I, I kind of like B-Pod, his backup there, um, and who has also played plenty of minutes on the floor with uh, Steph as well, especially without Chris Paul over the last like month. But uh, Brandon Pajemski over 10.5. I'll go rebounds and assists in the event that Steph decides to shoot the ball 40 times again on a back to, uh, on the second leg of a back-to-back game like he did against Atlanta, 38 to be exact. The uh, young guns, though, I think they might be coming out in this moment in time where like, if I'm like Clay Thompson, I don't know, why am I traveling to Utah? <laughs> like, why am I going there? Do I, do I really want to play on this back-to-back? If I'm, if I'm anybody like that, I, I would just consider it. I think Draymond probably plays. He's missed enough time this season without even being injured. Um, and then, yeah, I think there's just no way you sit Steph unless you're just forfeiting the game at that point. So, uh, But B-Pods, I would expect to be in there a bit more uh, in this one and a bit more than a guy like Clay, who I imagine will be getting some decent minutes uh, against the Clippers here in this game where you, I th- do think they like a little bit of the uh, seniority to go up against... Uh, the, the senior Clippers, if you will. And yeah, as I'm looking at Clay uh, playing in this game right now, he's already leading the team in minutes in this one, which starts to make me go, all right, that furthers the point that like perhaps he's not playing in this one. And it's similar to how we saw LeBron just kind of play more minutes than you would expect against Detroit because he's not playing against Utah. And they knew that the whole time that he wasn't going to play against Utah tonight as we're recording this here on Wednesday. Um, so yeah, so now we move forward into the same logic with B-Pod and, and Brandon Pajemski, who uh, has been awesome, man. And all we really need for dude is overs and uh, over in minutes. And if we get minutes, then we get overs for him, especially with the rebounds and assists. Um, so he's gone under the 10 and a half that I haven't projected for, because that's that's been his line for, predominantly for the last like week or two, has been about 10, 10 and a half rebounds and assists, not really any higher than that. Um, and, and so with, with that number in mind, he's gone over in eight of the last nine games that he's played at least 28 minutes. Um, and he's played 28 minutes uh, about 12 times out of his last like 20 games, right? And Clay missed a couple of those, but that's not super important. It's more just like, okay, this is one of those games where the rotation is going to be relying upon the young guys. Um, if he is the point guard, with or without Steph, and to a degree, he's been the point guard with Steph as they've been able to run Steph off of pick, uh, picks uh, and, and off-ball screens for the purpose of getting him the ball in space and not making him bring the ball up every time. Uh, and that's where you get uh, Pajemski hitting Steph w- around the corner for those assists. Utah does is a, a, an assist like let-up machine, if you will. They've just given up the most to point guards on on the season. They're a bottom five team in terms of limiting assists overall. They are a pretty good rebounding team, um, but B-Pod is going to be in there. Uh, the, uh, the rebounds are available for point guards as well, as much as that position does get the rebounds. And that's where he sort of acts more like a small forward, similar to like a Gary Payton Jr. in, in, in that sense, where it's like, yeah, you're, you might be undersized. But first of all, Brandon Pajemski has a post-up game on offense. I bet you didn't know that. And second of all, that's where he's playing a lot on offense. Uh, he has taken a handful of threes, slightly less than a handful, uh, uh, over the course of the last two or three weeks weeks with these this minutes increase but um yeah at the same time like he's playing a lot closer to the basket than than you might expect for a guy his size which is why those rebound chances has been have been there for him it's been a top three in rebound chances and a potential assists for this team over the last five games um and and like i said one of those actually included only playing 25 minutes against this jazz team last time where they clearly were just like steph please just take us home you're so hot that like we just are going to ride you to victory uh and b-pod didn't have to do quite as much only got the 25 minutes they, they ended up winning that game pretty handily and saved him but in this one I do think especially if Clay doesn't play where he averages 11 rebounds and assists without Clay this season then we are getting good value on the 10 and a half yeah it's part of why I like the Warriors over the Jazz's depth guys like this like yeah. guys like Quinones and, and Trace Jackson Davis and guys they're just pulling off the scrappy who are, have now become part of the team um and that Draymond part of the reason Draymond is like you know my suspension was a good thing now we've suddenly found this depth where guys can come in and fill their role 
and the Jazz sold off three rotation players at the at the deadline, and they are just not playing the same way. Uh, so yeah, they're they're going to miss a lot apparently because they're on back to backs. Their offense has fallen off a cliff. So rebounding opportunities, and and they've given up the second most assists at home uh, all season, right? So um, yeah, easy easy money for for Beepot if that's his number. Uh, this one might be a little scarier, but Anthony Simons over three and a half three pointers. Rather than taking his points, I'm just going to say he's going to keep firing away from deep because you cannot go down low on Minnesota. Uh, that was exactly the approach when they played two nights ago. He went four for ten from three. That's the third straight game with four three-pointers. He is given the green light for sure, um, and he is hoisting. He's averaging 24 points a game and averaging four for ten from deep in his last three at home in particular. It's because Malcolm Brogdon's out now. Uh, we don't know if Scoot's going to be back, and yeah. and maybe that affects things. But, I mean, Simon's still the number one option here, uh, especially in this particular matchup. Like, Scoot is not the same kind of perimeter threat. And Simon's, is, with, with Brogdon out, his usage rate has jumped 5%. In eight games now, he's averaging 28 points per game and averaging nearly five threes a game without Brogdon. So... At, at home, the Blazers are more competitive, and that's just led to more minutes, therefore more three-point attempts, more opportunities to get down. And like I've been saying with Steph, like I, I like taking somebody before the break who's a three-point shooter rather than coming out of the break when he might be a little rusty. Like He's, he's in a rhythm right now. They've played plenty of games. He sees the basket well, and that's the one area where the Wolves, even though they limit three-pointers like they limit everything else, like, if you're a transcendent kind of three-point shooter like Simons, uh, yeah, it's just it's just you in the basket, you in your form, and and I mean, if you take ten, you're probably gonna make four. You would hope so, yeah. I, he's been around that number for for the season, so I, I would go with that. I, I'm gonna just stay in the same game. I'll talk about DeAndre Ayton. I, I'm I'm also waiting to see if Cat is going to play for the Timberwolves. Or I'm sorry, if Ant Edwards is going to play for the Timberwolves, because then I do kind of like Cat at the 21 and a half points that he's at right now course if if ant is out then you probably are looking at um that number jumping up a little bit for cat maybe up to 22 or even 23 and a half points at that point but he still averages 25 uh when ant has been out this season and gets a bunch more shots and the usage jumps up for him so i'm looking at that we're also looking at a similar thing here with deandre ayton where malcolm brogdon is out and as much as you might think that that means that the center playing with malcolm brogdon might not do quite as well it's actually averaging way more points uh as you found out too which is that in his last four without brogdon 21.8 basically 22 points per game and 13 and a half boards as well where like maybe some of those are on offense because there's more misses because that offensive rating goes down without uh malcolm brogdon as well but DeAndre Ayton doesn't really need the assisted field goals. He gets the ball. He does a soft baby hook. We know what's going to happen. Or he pulls up while he's facing the basket. That's the offensive game for dude. Or it's, you know, getting those second chance points because he's so tall and long, obviously down low. Uh, but yeah, we just saw him do this uh, against Rudy. And as I was saying in the best bets video, like I just, I can't see a world where the Minnesota Timberwolves as high up as they are in the Western Conference and as much as they've been dominating te dominating teams, especially maybe the worst team in the conference at this point, I'm, I'm happy to say the worst team in the conference. I think the Spurs are better than them right now with a couple of nice wins late, lately for the Spurs as well, by the way. Um, then, yeah, like, come on, man. This is just human nature. Like, I know that all these dudes are already on the beach somewhere in their mind. So why would Rudy really be trying that hard in this one in the first place? De De DeAndre Ayton, like, the 
if the effort is there, if the points are available for him, then the effort is there. He's one of those dudes that just apparently loves the stats. He wanted to get out of a team that was in the championship a couple seasons ago. Tells you a lot about him. Uh, he's obviously into those empty calories and those those types of stats because he gets to boast a 13 and a half rebound per game number like I, I mentioned when he's playing without Brogdon. So like there's none of the numbers I could give you about the way that the Timberwolves defense centers would indicate that he should go over. Um, but I just think the volume is going to be there for him where like he and Jeremy Grant just be taking all the shots. So if you want to throw Jay Grant in there as well, he's at 19 and a half points. I think his points prop uh, is a good over as well for, for any of those uh, bets right there. But for the Timberwolves dude, you know, for cat, I would wait to see for Aiton, We're good to go. And then as same concept for Jeremy Grant, I think he and Aiton are going to take the bulk of the shots in this one. Well, I'm on Simons, not Grant. I don't think Jeremy Grant's Grant. game. I don't think his. I mean, maybe if Jade McDaniels is out, that's a that's a bonus for him for sure. But I don't think his game translates well to attacking this this interior defense. Whereas Aiton, like you said, yeah, he doesn't attack. He kind of just fades away and throws up that hook, which is how he's able to make most of them last time and get 22. And yeah, I mean, if the total is correct here, if it, 215 is actually accurate, there's going to be a lot of rebounding opportunities, and Aiton's actually posting a, a career best uh, 28% defensive rebounding rate. You know, he's collecting them. There's just not many other guys out there to, to do so because Jeremy Grant is, is not a fantastic rebounder. So no. um, yeah, I mean, and let's, let's just target the guys who are left here for this Blazers game. <laughs> well, let's do this. Let's also, when we come back, we'll remember this and we can talk about in the all-star break video, but uh, maybe we do a little, who's got more points in this one. I'll take Jay Grant. You can have Anthony Simons and we'll see how that goes. Done. I get some. I get plus money, obviously, in that one. We'll let you know how it goes when we come back. We'll talk about it later. I get six beers. You get three is how we're going to do this one. That is all the time we have for you, though. As we reach this all-star break, as I said a couple times now, we are going to have a video breaking down some dunk contests, some three-point contests, some skills stuff. Uh, maybe we'll look at the betting angles, if there are any, for uh, Sabrina Ionescu versus Steph, because that would be pretty fun as well. We'll see how that goes. But continue to follow along. We will be back as soon as the NBA regular season does get back in action as well. So until we see you then, happy betting. <laughs>